This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. Today, you are listening to episode 313, and I'm talking with Johnny Gregoric. Johnny is a 1,500-meter runner training for the Olympic trials right now. He competed in the 2017 World Championships. He's sponsored by ASICS, and some of you might remember him from last May when he ran the world record for the fastest blue jean mile. That was an event in honor of his brother, Pat, and he was raising funds for mental health awareness. Stay tuned. Make sure you're following Johnny on Instagram because he is doing more fundraising events for that. You can find him on Instagram, johnny.gregoric. Greg, O-R-E-K. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. This is where you will find the best sunglasses for an active lifestyle. They are functional. They are fashionable. So many different cute and fun styles. And they are affordable. So you can go grab a couple pairs. Maybe gift one to the favorite runner in your life. Go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another15 and you'll get 15% off your entire order. All right, friends, if you enjoy this episode with Johnny or any of the episodes of this podcast, please consider leaving a quick rating and review. That will help new listeners find us and enjoy my conversation with Johnny Gregoric. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Johnny Gregoric on the show. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I'm excited to be here. Yes. What What's going on in your life? How's your day been? It looks sunny where you are. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice and sunny here uh, in New York. Uh, you know, it's spring has sprung here, and uh, everything's been been going great. I'm having a great day. Just training away. I'm about to leave actually for a race in Eugene at the new Hayward Field. So excited to go out there and race. Okay, tell us about that. What race is it? Yeah, so there's like a USATF Grand Prix. They have like a series of races they're doing this spring where they're setting up good competitive races with, you know, prize money and that sort of thing. So just going to go mix it up with the big boys out there and uh, kind of diving right into things, you know, starting out the this outdoor uh, or spring campaign with a bang here with a, with a hardcore race. So I'm excited. Well, and you did, you did your fifth year at Oregon, didn't you? I did, yes, yes. So I'm a little bit of an Oregon duck, just enough so that when they announce me on the starting line, they say, from the University of Oregon, I get that little extra applause. So I'll take it. A little bit of a homecoming there. There you go, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was there for like nine months, but yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, because you did four years at Columbia, and then you decided yep. to use that fifth year at Oregon. Let's just go there really quick. What played into that decision? Yeah, well, I... Uh, you know, had a great four years at Columbia and had some injury along the way, uh, like most, you know, stupid freshmen just didn't know how to take care of myself. So I was banged up my freshman year and didn't really run that much. So I had leftover eligibility and 
um, you know, Andy Powell, the coach at Oregon at the time had, uh, been involved actually had volunteered at Columbia years previous. So there was a connection there and I got put in touch with him and, and his program. And, you know, I, I really greatly benefited from, uh, all the amazing athletes that were there and just his system. And, uh, it was a pretty seamless transition and enjoyed some good success there. That kind of was a great stepping stone for me to become a professional runner. Andy Powell, that's Marisa's husband, right? That's exactly who it is. Yep. Okay, I've had her on the podcast. That's how he should. That's how he. That's how he should always be announced too. Yes, Marisa's husband. <laughs> She's amazing. Yes, I'm absolutely. sure he is too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Did you say you've had Marisa on the podcast? Yes. Oh, very cool. One awesome. of my favorite guests, I'd say, in 300 episodes. She's awesome. Wow. Yeah, wow. they seem like such a like a power team, like kind of run their own oh, programs, yeah. do their own thing, but like work together so well. Absolutely. Yeah, they're they're amazing, incredible coaches. And uh, yeah, just a great balance of uh, not too easy on you, not too tough on you. Great, great training system. And uh, yeah, I, I owe them a, a great debt of gratitude for the <laughs> helping me get get my feet under me as far as being a, a better runner. Okay, so being at Oregon is kind of, you said, helped you become a professional runner. Have you been with ASICS since you graduated? How long have you been with ASICS? Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, with ASICS since I, since I left Oregon. Yeah. So they, they reached out and said that they were interested in in sponsoring me. uh, And it was really so exciting. And I, you know, I've had a history of having worn their shoes in the past and training in their training in their stuff and uh it always kept me healthy so i was really uh excited by that opportunity and took them up on it and it's been an an awesome relationship and you know i've been running for them now for i guess this is yeah the fifth fifth year or so so it's uh been a great great time (laughs) now since we've gone back a little bit to start the conversation um i also heard that you have been with your wife since you guys were like 15 yeah yeah Yep. I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, high school sweethearts. Uh, we met in yeah in uh, in high school in Clyde in chemistry class when we were fifteen. Yeah, I guess we started dating when we were like sixteen. So we've only been married for two years, but we've been together for like thirteen. <laughs> A very long time. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, tell us about your races that you've already done this spring. You're going to Oregon here this weekend, but you've done a yeah, couple yeah. other track meets. Yeah, I, I've had a few. Uh, you know, thankfully, 2021 has been picking up here with some pretty sweet competition opportunities. So I had a few, uh, like three or four races in the winter that were uh, kind of like some were outdoors, some were indoors, but uh, kind of just making it happen anywhere we can. But um yeah i had a few three 1500s and a 3k and ran a personal best in a 3k against all the bowerman dudes so that's always uh fun to try to just you know hang with the big 5k boys but then i had a few uh solid 1500s i would say nothing you know nothing spectacular i was in the midst of some hard training um but kind of right on par for Anytime I've had a really uh, good year, I always have a nice kind of steady build towards the championship season. So kind of, you know, ran some solid times, like a 337, 338, 339, kind of 1500 range. And then uh, just mixing it up and felt felt like I was being competitive and, and beating some good guys along the way. So it was a great, 
checkpoint and uh you know just a nice uh sign that i'm fit and it's just great to be healthy and, and motivated and you don't want to run too fast in the winter so where you kind of you know uh blow a fuse but you also want a little bit of encouragement so i think it was just the right amount and now i'm kind of ever since then i've put in a great month of training and a uh, month and a half of training and now i'm ready to shoot off for this next batch of races getting what's, ready for the trials yeah what's that like racing a 3k as a 1500 meter runner oh man it's twice as far as the <laughs> 1500 it's i would say that us us milers are are really uh just really lucky to have an event that's so kind of built around you know rhythm and and sort of it, it's hard it, it's you know running's never easy but it's a lot more about finding a rhythm and kind of like kicking off of a pace that does feel controlled. Whereas like the 800, I feel is such a, you know, a blast of, it's like an explosion. And then you kind of like afterwards you're totally wrecked. And then, you know, the, the five K's obviously uh, can, can be a little bit of a death march out there when it's uh, when you're late in the game. But so yeah, the three K was, I would say uh, more towards that 5k side of it was painful, but it was nice to have, you know, checked in and shown that I have some good strength and get to go back to the 1500 and for the spring. Uh, but I'm excited because I'm going to do a lot more 800, 1500 work this spring, getting ready to kind of get that speed kind of turned over. Okay. So I love asking 800 meter runners, like, do you swing to the 400 or do you swing up to the 15? Yeah. So as a 1500 yeah. guy, where do you swing? Yeah, I, I, man, I am, a truly such a miler i think i really am just so so much better at the 1500 in the mile than i am at the eight or the lower or higher but if i had to pick i would say i really want to be an 800 meter runner i want to get better at the 800 in my mind i think just a lot of the really uh great championship 1500 meter runners have a good 800 speed mm. so i just this spring i'm definitely going to work on that kind of top end speed side of things and try to tap into a little bit of that uh you know, like Sebastian Coe and those sorts of guys, the 800, 1500 guys who could really burn the jets in the last 400 meters. That's awesome. So when you, when you did the 3k and you said you raced the Bowerman boys, is that like Lopez and Mo? Who, um, who all was there? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually remember. I think it was like, like Mark Scott mm -hmm. and, and Grant Fisher, I think were the top two guys and like Evan Jager and yeah, those sorts of guys. And they, they, they cranked it, but it was cool to just uh, be in there ripping with them. Yeah. Okay. Evan Jager, steeplechase guy. Your dad was a steeplechaser. Yeah. Did you ever consider yeah. steeple? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I ran the steeplechase in college. I'm the, I'm, I'm the reigning, not the reigning, but I'm the Ivy League champion from 2013 or something in the steeplechase. So why don't I know that? That that should have been in my notes. I don't know. I don't know why. Come <laughs> it should on, be, Lindsay. It should be more public knowledge. But, uh, Let's yeah, start so a I've campaign run, to tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I run like four, four or five steeplechases in my career. I, th I think something like that, and it's just like it's brutal on your body. It's mm -hmm. tough. I think I just got really banged up doing it, and in uh, the miles, just there's so much glory to be had. You have so much fun <laughs> doing it. Yeah, there's yeah the miles fun. You can do a ton of them, and you can. It, it's just kind of like it's just a lot more fun for me. And, you know, all, all due respect to the steeplechasers because that's a, that's a brutal event and they are, they are very tough people, but I just I love the mile. Can't get enough of it. The real kicker will be if you ever do go for some record in blue jeans doing the steeple. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think all my all my records for certain apparels are are behind me. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with apparel based record attempts for now. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was fun while it lasted. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about professional career. You you know you joined Asus yeah. right out of college, which is amazing. Yeah. And Sixth at the trials in 2016. You make nice, a world. Yes. You have done your research. <laughs> look, at the, look at these notes. Okay? Oh, yeah, notes. Awesome. Um, you made a yes. world championships team in 2017. Yep. So obviously, yep. like making that world champs team was probably like one of your big first career defining yeah. moments. Yeah, absolutely. I, I before that year and before that moment I kind of saw myself just as I was just kind of taking it as uh maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome maybe kind of thinking like wow I'm a professional runner like I don't know I I'm just kind of like I two year three years ago I wasn't even a good runner I, now I'm a professional runner and I I think it was uh tough to kind of like see myself as someone who belonged in, in that arena and uh racing those guys and and then ever since then, I, I totally shifted the way I view myself as a, as a runner. And, you know, even though I have in subsequent years hadn't run as fast as I did and you know, or made, you know, I've missed a couple of teams since then, I, I still see myself as someone who belongs up there. And uh, it's like, instead of in 2016, I was so happy to have gotten like sixth place in the Olympic trials. I was like, wow, I can't believe it. Sixth place, like three spots away from a team. And now my mindset is so much like I, I can only see myself making this Olympic team. And that's kind of a nice, uh, you know, nice mental shift. So it's good to have a breakthrough like that to show you what you're capable of. Yeah, it's one of those things where like in the moment, you can't see yeah. what you don't know yet. And now looking exactly. back, like all that experience built up and making that yeah. team, you're like, of course, I'm thinking like no other yeah. way that I'm going, you know, to yeah. try to compete at the trials other than like to make this team. But then you, can't, you couldn't see that yet. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, and as runners, we always, we always want a little more and, you know, you're always striving, striving for the next thing. So you do have to kind of sometimes work your way up that ladder incrementally. But it's it's nice to have that uh, that better perspective on things now, and I think that the younger version of me would definitely look look up at the, the current version and be like, "Wow, you, you made it pretty far, man." So I try to keep that in mind too. Like I try to be grateful for what I have done. But when you got sixth place and you were excited to be that close to the team, even before you made yeah. the world champs team, did you still like see, oh, in four more years that podium could be mine? Yeah, I think that in, I think after my summer of racing in uh, 2016, I, I was doing really well and, and running fast times. And that was, again, it was building this sort of confidence because that was still my first professional season. So I kind of like that spring was my first time running in pro races. And then kind of after the Olympic trials and into that summer, I was running a lot of great races with uh, my teammates, Kyle Merber and Colby Alexander. We were kind of like, the three amigos kind of ripping up the summer circuit. And so that kind of got us like, all I think all of us excited about being like real players on the, on the international stage. And so, yeah, that's a, uh, you know, uh, that was definitely kind of, that's why in 2017, I think I, I approached it with a lot more of like, I can, I can do this. I believed in myself. I believe I can be an internationally competitive runner and then making that team sort of solidified that. 
So what's your message to the young pro runner that's just getting started? Um, I think you gotta just like focus on being consistent and, but at the same time, like take risks and just believe that, believe that you can, you can do it and just try to win races. Like just try to win. I mean, I think that sounds funny, but you just have to like put, stick your head in it. And anytime I see like a young pro athlete kind of like winning a lot, whether it's even at small races or, or, uh, you know, just like off events or like road miles and stuff like that. I, I always feel like, Oh, that person's going to be a real threat. Cause they're getting in the habit of winning. They're not getting in the habit of, uh, just getting pulled along or, you know, and sometimes these young pros get the benefit of being on some stud packed team and they get to just get in line and get pulled. But I think the real dangerous ones are the ones who are showing that they can compete in any condition. So I would say just, yeah, get in the habit of trying to win and not just going for some fancy time. <laughs> what are your, condi- what are your ideal conditions? Like, are you, do you do well in humidity? What is an ideal situation hmm. for you? Interesting. Um, <laughs> I guess 68 and sunny. <laughs> like, That's a little know, warm yeah. though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, just not, I, 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 I think that I'm actually, I actually like the rain. Do you? I don't mind the rain at all. So I'll say, I'll say like, uh, I'll say it's, it's been raining earlier in the day and the rain and wind died down, but there's still the atmosphere that it like has rained uh-huh. recently. That is a, that is a, for some reason, I find that to be an extremely fast running atmosphere. I love that. Yeah, I get that. Well, it's like, who are, I always wonder like, who are the people that are going to like, like you were saying, don't go after those like glamorous times, go after winning, like, yeah. like the Des, you know, of Boston 2018. There it's like, you go. who are the Great people example. that are like going out like gritty, no matter what the conditions exactly. are, you know? Yes. Yes. Great example. Yeah. Des has it. Fi- I think Des has it figured out. <laughs> the grittiness. Yeah. <laughs> it's safe to say. Yeah. So what workout did you do this morning? Did you already do a workout? I didn't do it. Well, well, I I went for an easy run and I'm going for another easy run later on. Yesterday, I did like a a pre-meet workout, you know, just the getting ready for Mm -hmm. the the race on Saturday. So pretty low key week of training here. Just usually uh, after a big training block on the race week, I'll try to just get the legs back under me, get feeling fresh again and ready to use all that fitness. So today is just two, two easy runs. Um, are you, do you do Strava? Like, do you share workouts or are you a, are you a secretive guy? No, I, well, I'll, I'll do Strava and I'll put up like yeah, hit workouts here and there nothing, I won't be too specific with times or anything like that. Um, just in case there's some sort of spy out there trying to gauge my fitness. But, uh, I, I do love the social element of Strava and I love seeing all my friends on there and, and people writing funny captions mm-hmm. and, it's, it's a lot of fun and, you know, my wife's on there and a lot of my relatives and stuff like that. So I like it. I, I, I'm just like super forgetful. So I'll just like forget my GPS watch or I'll just completely, it'll be dead and I, or I'll like forget to upload it and it's like a week, two weeks later. So I'm very sporadic with it, but it is a lot of fun. Do you do funny captions? Oh boy. I, when I have, when I have time, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say I. I'd say I mess around with some fun captions here and there. I want to be the person that does, but I can never think of something witty on the spot. And I'm like, I'm not going to try. It's got to like just come to mind, right? That's a great, that's a great attitude about it. You can't force these things because then it comes across as forced. So you just got to let it flow naturally. But what is your thoughts on that? Because, you know, I, 
it's interesting talking to different pros because I feel like some people like the NAZ crew, for instance, I know they're a longer distance group than what you trained for, but like they are like all about putting it all out there. And then I just Mm. talked to like Emily Sisson and she kind of keeps things a little more quiet. So what are your opinions on all that? Yeah, I think that it's all a matter of, uh, I really don't think it's at the end of the day, it's, there's really not that much of an advantage to be gained by like knowing what someone's doing. Cause for the most part it is, everyone's doing something that's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Like when NAZ people put up what they did, I'm, you know, sometimes it's really impressive, but it still makes sense. So, um, I would say that I, it's, it's whatever works in your own mind. And I would say I, I keep it a lot of times I keep a lot of like the specifics of like splits or how I felt on things a little bit closer to the chest. And I keep that in the, the personal running log, just because I feel like that's giving me that mental edge. And I think a lot of, there's probably a lot of runners that are similar. And then I know a lot of other runners that they get joy and they get happiness out of sharing what they do. And and if that's how you roll, that's, that's important to do it because, you know, you're going to run, fa- if you're happy, you're going to run fast. So just whatever kind of makes you feel like you got that edge. Run happy. Okay. Brooks knows what they're doing with that run happy motto. Oh, Brooks. I've never heard of that company. <laughs> Hey, everybody, a quick break here to thank Lily Trotters for supporting this podcast. Lily Trotters have the best compression socks on the market. They're super cute and they get the job done. They are actually the longest running sponsor of this podcast, and I love everything they're doing over at Lily Trotters. Go check them out. Get yourself a nice pair of compression socks. They also have crew length socks which are awesome as well. You can save 25% when you go to lilytrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER. That's lilytrotters.com. Use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right, friends. And if you are enjoying this podcast, there are so many other great podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions Network. I have a parenting podcast that I host myself. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have a holistic nutrition podcast called The Urban Pharmacy, the Up and Running podcast, which brings you all of the latest news in elite and professional distance running. And we also have the Illuminate podcast, which brings stories of people doing really great work in the world. Head over to sandyboyproductions.com to learn more. You can find us on Instagram as well. We are Sandy Boy Productions over there. All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Johnny. Where does your mental edge come from? Have you always been super competitive? Definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I think I have a good, a good balance of that intrinsic kind of motivation where I kind of want to get the best out of myself and, and push myself on a you know, pretty consistent basis. And, uh, but also that external thing of really liking to win and, and beat people. Um, so I think that's just kind of, I kind of draw upon both of those. It's pretty straightforward and, and obvious, but I try to keep things, pretty simple you know simplicity is usually the best way of doing things there's not there's not some dramatic uh vengeance i'm trying to get or someone i'm trying to get back at it's just really like this is this is the gift i've been given it's i can run fast and i just try to do it as well as i can and do it better than uh my friends i love that yeah and i mean there is such a balance there's like okay i'm intrinsically motivated but also like yeah I want to win. I like to win. Of course. Yeah, no, exactly. The, the outcomes are, are awesome. It's just that the, uh, you just have to focus on the process again there. Those are just, the outcomes are just something that happens to happens to take place afterwards. They're a nice cherry on top. Yeah. But 
the, the prize money and the, that sort of thing. But you, you got to have a better motivation than that. It's got to come from within. Yeah. So, you know, it's that phrase like, don't let your highs be too high, your lows be too low. Mm. Like, how do you go into a big race with that menta- mentality? Because obviously, like, you win a race or you get a standard or yeah. whatever, like, you want that high to feel really high. But, like, in order to have a balance on the days that aren't so great, you kind of have yeah. to like, keep that perspective, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. So, something that's kind of cool that my dad, like, talks about is like the 24 hour rule he calls it of anytime you have a good workout or a bad workout or a good race or a bad race you can like kind of dwell on it for a little bit because it's fine that's a natural that's a natural reaction like for 24 hours or so you can kind of be let yourself have the 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 pity or self-pity or the total excitement and you know dreaming about all the crazy fast times you're going to run now that you've run this pr but at the end of the day the next day you just have to lace up the shoes, wake up the next morning and it's a new day and you have to kind of just reset and realize that the the past and the future are just in your mind and it's all, you know, it's just about what you do in the present moment really that matters. So, um, yeah, just having a short memory is, is important. Whoa, big, big lightning blast just next to really? me. Really? Is that what that was? Storm is, a storm is just coming together. Yeah. Wow. That was Must wild. Be, uh, the, the higher powers agreed with my point right there and just, <laughs> So, well, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen again. That was pretty close to me. That, I mean, I felt hit. like it looked and I'm looking at your window and it looked like a big like explosion. Yeah, no, that was a lightning bolt like right next to me. <laughs> Is your heart racing? No way. Gotta stay cool <laughs> under under any circumstance. <laughs> oh, you don't strike me as a TV guy, really. But just with what you said. Oh, big time. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, great. Did you watch Ted Lasso? I actually saw like the first episode of it and really liked it, but I didn't continue it for some reason. I gotta, I gotta get back on it. I don't have like the Apple TV Plus. Yeah. It, you know, it's only it, there's only so many things I can subscribe to. It's worth it though for Ted Lasso. I agree. I mean, okay. we, we have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all of those yeah, exactly. things. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's A worth Ted Lasso. It. Okay. You have to do it. Well, the reason I say that, first of all. Yeah. Everybody who listens to this show on a regular basis knows I'm a Ted Lasso evangelist. So okay, I'm, cool, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm Everyone's like got their thing. It's I'm very passionate about this show. I think mostly because it came at a time like uh, we were pretty deep into the pandemic when we watched it, but still like yeah, it was just a time, and it was winter when I watched it, so it was like gross out, and it just brought yeah. me so much happiness that I'm like nice. everybody has to watch this show. Okay, Ted Lasso. Um, Good to, okay. I did. And why did you up. bring it up? Yeah, I was yeah. Say, there is a reason though. Um, one of Ted Lasso's thing that he things that he says to his team because he you know he coaches this um, soccer yes. team. They call it, I guess they call it football, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Is be a goldfish because goldfish have short memory. There you go. So what you were saying about your dad, like have the short Absolutely. memory. That's what it, it reminded yeah. me of. Ted Lasso. You gotta you gotta be a goldfish. Be Absolutely. A goldfish. And I yeah. actually know somebody that got that tattooed on their arm. Be a goldfish really? for that. They're that. So I might not oh, be the so most you're not passionate. even the biggest. You're not the biggest Ted Lasso fan out there. I do so have I a shirt though. Tattoo. Yeah. I okay. do have a shirt. Cool. I have a Lasso for President shirt. Um, <laughs> That's so, cool. Anyway, second season, guys, it's coming out in July. So All right. I wow, mean, they should be paying you. They should. I should. They should sponsor the podcast. I know. Yeah. I'll reach out. I'm sure Jason Sudeikis can, can hook it up. 
Absolutely. <laughs> uh, where so were that, we going um, with that? Oh, your high is not being too high. Okay, so um, yeah. what's your mentality going into, you know, we were delayed a year with the trials and the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you said last year, like you felt like you would have been really ready to go. So what do you think this last year has has done for you both physically and mentally? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, Last year, I will say one difference is that last year I was fighting a lot of injury going into that uh, going into that 2020 trials, and so that was going to be one big obstacle over those final few months there, getting kind of into the proper shape over the, you know, having come off an injury throughout that winter and fall. So I, I knock on wood, have been uh, <laughs> completely healthy uh, since then. So it's been like over a year of health, and anytime I have done that in the past, great things have happened. So I would say that I've just focused on staying healthy, focus on the little things. I mean, that lack of access to like the facilities for a year and that sort of thing has totally made me learn to be a little more self-conscious about, you know, taking care of my body on a daily basis and rolling out and foam rolling and and stretching and and those sorts of things. And so I picked up new drills and, and, uh, that sort of thing. So I, yeah, it's, uh, I think it just taught me, taught me a little bit more about squeezing that little bit extra out of yourself by staying healthy um this is such a boring question but i'm curious so i'm gonna ask yeah. what, what kind of strength training do you do uh yeah I, i'll do maybe so i'll do like two days a week of of lifting okay. on average uh with like with like real lifting you know some some olympic lifts and then and then i'll do two days that are a little bit more like plyometric base and maybe some like exercises with therapy bands and doing lots of drills and strides and, and jumping and bounding and hopping and, and those sorts of things, if those are all different things. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, it's, I would say it's pretty standard for a lot of what a lot of distance runners do. Yeah. You're, so you're talking four days a week. Yeah. I would say four, I would say two days, two days that would like make you sore type lifting uh-huh. and two days that make you feel good and healthy type, uh, activation, you know, that sort of thing, putting pep in your step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you share what the workout, you don't have to share splits that you did. You're like last minute, you're like last minute touch up workout or whatever you call it. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly everything about it. I can, <laughs> I'll tell you even the splits. That's how much those types of workouts. I don't really, you know, it's, it's fine, but yeah, I like to do, uh, just a little bit of touch, like the strength system and turn on like the, get the lungs and blood pumping a little bit and the lungs going. So I'll do like three or four one K's like a minute rest in, in like, three minutes down to like two minutes and 50 seconds. And then I'll go right into doing three, three hundreds with like maybe 90 seconds or two minutes rest at like a little faster than race pace. And then I'll do three, two hundreds at like 25, 26 pace, a little bit quicker just to kind of get the little, the speed turned on. And then that, that usually does me, does me great. I do something, some iteration of that every time will always kind of have me feeling like I have kind of touched every system and I can kind of like visualize that like start of the race with those 300 reps. And I can finish visualize like the end of the race with those kind of sprinting, sprinting those final couple. And then it doesn't take anything out of your legs, obviously a workout like that. So it's a nice, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great free meet. I like it. Did you do that by yourself or did you do that with people from your group? I did that one. Uh, some guys that I work out with were doing like a longer workout and I did some of the beginning, the, the K one K repeats with them. And then they kept going on those. And then I did the, the 300s and the 200s alone. 
Okay. Tell us about your training group. Yeah. So uh, I train with a, a group of, uh, you know, local hardworking guys uh, who are just kind of, it's just a small trim down group. So for many years there, I was with the New Jersey, New York track club, which um, was an incredible, incredible group uh, that uh, kind of has, you know, a lot of the people from it have gone their separate ways and moved on or, or moved to different places in the country to train. And now it's just kind of a smaller uh, group of people that are kind of hanging around. So there's, but there's some great, great local runners and um, it's been, it's been really fun. And they do, they do a great job kind of helping pacing me through things and, and that sort of thing. So where in New York do you live? I live uh, just North of Manhattan. So I live in uh, a place called Irvington, New York, which is in, uh, like Westchester County it's called it's basically the first the first neighbor group of neighborhoods that it's not New York City right above like the Bronx really yep S- mm-hmm. so why do you guys live there because I uh, I well I, I moved originally to New Jersey when the New Jersey New York track club was based out there and then um just for kind of a mixture of reasons um you know working with coach Gags who lived in uh still does live in Rye, New York, which is a, a town up in this area and kind of being closer to him. And then just, just being near the city is a little bit more convenient. That's where my wife uh, worked at the time. And so it's kind of, you know, one of those things, life just kind of brought us here and that's just kind of where we're at now. <laughs> what does your wife do for work? She is a teacher. Oh, cool. English, an English teacher. And, and But since the pandemic, she's been more of like a tutor and that sort of thing because the the classroom stuff was really tough. So, oh, I but yeah, can't lots, imagine. lots of exactly, yeah, lots of reading and writing and helping high school kids, uh, their essays and that sort of thing. So, yeah, she's uh, she's a real saint. <laughs> oh, I know, I can't. I have kids myself, and I mean, the virtual stuff here was so hard, but I can't imagine being a teacher, yeah. like trying to navigate if we're in person, if we're not in person, oh, uh, yeah, figure out how to teach virtually and all, all of that, yeah. She's also a, a small business owner. Oh, what does she of a, do? Of a, of a uh, she she does like greeting cards and like textiles, but she like dyes different things with plant based dyes and like makes like natural products. So she makes like scrunchies that she hand sews and dyes and stuff like that with like different plant skins and it's it's crazy. It's it's pretty impressive. She makes some beautiful stuff. You got to check it out. It's called Positive Paper Company. Nice yeah. little ad. Nice Plug little that. plug. It, does oh, she yeah. have like an Etsy shop or anything? Oh yeah, big time. She's positive, big on Etsy. positive, positive paper. paper company. Okay. Oh yeah, check give it out. Give Amy some love. Yeah, give Amy some love. All right, absolutely. I love That's it. That's gonna buy me some serious points right there. That plug. We will even link it in the show notes. Oh, that is so nice of you. Thank you. Um, Amy was a swimmer, but you said she's on Strava. So does she still swim or does she run oh, now? No, she runs. Yeah, she's she's running a few marathons. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I like to joke that she's, I think her like 10 longest runs she's ever done are way longer than I've ever, because she's run over 20 miles many times, and I've run, the farthest I've ever run is like 17 miles, so oh, wow. she's got me beat. Yeah, yeah. Did you, when she was marathon training though, like do you like hop in and do some some runs with her sometimes? So we'll do a lot of, yeah, so I'll do like two runs a day, and so a lot of times my second run of the day, I'll uh, link up with her and we'll we'll just go for a nice jog together. That's so nice. Are you- she runs a little bit slower than I usually do, but it's okay because it's good for me to go a little slower and recover. To, to I would assume that she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Am I frozen for you? Because you're frozen for me now. Oh, uh, no. Okay, not, well. You're not frozen. Okay. I can hear you just fine, so that's no big deal. I hope I'm not frozen just, making some some stupid face. Kinda like, kinda, it's kind of weird, but it's okay. Oh, no. Maybe the lightning will come back and it'll like reset everything. Okay, hopefully. Maybe <laughs> it's not lightning related. Oh, now it's like hailing. Oh, my gosh. This well, is crazy. maybe better than the snow okay, that let me we turn, have. I'm going to turn the video off and then on again. Oh, good idea. There you are. Uh, that okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Nice. I, I couldn't stand you looking at some weird. It was a weird. It was kind of a of weird me. face. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Um. Okay. Tell us about working with Coach Gags. That's a really famous coach to to, oh, get yeah. to work with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's the man. He's like family to me, and uh, you know, working. I've worked with him and uh, Coach Tom Nohilly uh, over these past few years or you know past six years and i owe them both a ton of uh ton of gratitude as well kind of like with the powells where i uh they, they've got me to a whole another level here so it's 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 awesome yeah but gags is like you know everyone who i'm sure you've heard anyone who's ever been coached by him or anyone who's ever like interacted with him goes away feeling uh feeling pretty good so he's uh he's the man he's a he's a heck of a motivator and a uh, good friend yes I cannot remember who it was that was on this show that we talked about him in depth. And she doesn't race anymore, I don't think. She was a steepler, maybe. Oh, that's going to drive me crazy. Ashley Stevenson? Is that a name? Ashley Higginson? Yes, Ashley Higginson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ashley, yeah, a great friend of mine. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I can't and remember when runner. I had her on, but I – is she? did she retire? She did, yep. Yeah, okay. she's a lawyer. She's, yes. Uh, she's crushing it. Absolutely. I think I got yeah, she lives her – in Michigan. I think I interviewed her maybe like right as she was retiring or something like that. But we talked cool. in depth about about gags. What what is something that you have learned from him that you will continue to take with you? You know, past your running hmm, career. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that gags believes in you or or, or wants. Like he believes in you more, way more than you believe in yourself at a lot of times. And it's a great feeling to have someone be that convinced that of your like impending greatness. And I think that if you can just have a view of yourself, that's anything like the view Gags has of each one of his athletes, then, and just in a view of other people, you know, and like treating other people the way he kind of treats his athletes, then, then you're going to have a good relationship with yourself and with everybody. So it's, uh, I would say, yeah, no, definitely just, uh, He's taught me that, you know, when what goes around comes around in terms of uh, how you treat people. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy what somebody else says to you, like how meaningful it can like how meaningful of yeah. a mark it can actually make in your head to yeah. make you believe that you can do those things. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes you want to be that person for somebody else yeah. as well. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about your blue jean mile. Are you are you okay. are you glad that's that's happened? Are you planning on doing any more blue jean miles? Yeah, no. This uh, there'll be a, you know, I'm still working with the uh, with ASICS and the National Alliance on Mental Illness. That the you know the two groups obviously that were involved in the blue jean mile, and so they uh, this May's Mental Health Awareness Month coming up. So they'll they'll both be uh, you know, involved with, a uh, with some stuff we're going to roll out and it should be exciting. I won't be going for any sort of, I'm, I'm a little busy with my racing schedule this time <laughs> around. It's not as, I'm not as free with my time as I was in the midst of the pandemic, but, uh, 
I, there'll definitely be a great uh, community event and, and some fundraising going on for, for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. But I'm so glad it, it happened. I mean, it was an awesome, uh, awesome event and a lot of fun. And I get a lot of funny shout outs about it. And it's, uh, when, you know, hopefully we raised a lot of money for a good cause and, uh, you know, did the memory of my, my brother proud who the race was uh, kind of dedicated to and kind of who in, was the impetus for the whole thing. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a smashing, smashing success and I'm excited for what, what'll come in the future from it. I'm sorry about your brother, first of all. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. So what made you think, like, you lose your brother, traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At what point were you like, I want to do something for this? Like, I want to do something to raise awareness and funds for mental health. Yeah, so um, I would say uh, in the year after... So he passed away in March of 2019. And so that was obviously a really brutal year. Um, and I think that kind of once, yeah, 2020 rolled around and we we're kind of in the midst of the pandemic. And I think that even maybe in late in 2019, uh, my family and I had been talking about, and, and my wife and I had been talking about doing some sort of, uh, you know, getting involved in with mental health awareness or, or that sort of thing, or whether it was, you know, something in the, like community outreach or suicide prevention or any, some sort of something like, you know, some sort of event. And so it started to take shape right when we knew mental health awareness month was coming around, which was in May. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I just, one day it was one of those, like, I think just kind of like a shower thought kind of moment where I was just like, man, that blue jean mile thing was like kind of fun. That was like people were doing a few, you know, a few years ago. And it was kind of this like internet joke thing. And I was like, it'd be cool if someone, use that to like do a fundraiser. I was like, Oh man, I should do it for this, this, cause I was thinking about doing it with something with the national Alliance on mental illness. And so it all just clicked together. And I remember just bringing it up to, to my wife and my family and they were all really excited about it. And from then that kind of just, it just steamrolled from there. What is it about a shower thought or a thought on the run <laughs> that like the best ideas yeah. happen either in it's the shower crazy. or on a run? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I, it, I think it's just that sort of like when you're just with yourself, it's kind of a meditative moment and you're you're kind of able to work through thoughts without any distraction. No one asks you a question. No one, you know, there's nothing, nothing being demanded out of you. So it's a very like solitary time. And I think that when you can work through thoughts, that's how you come to sometimes arrive at a, an epiphany. It's so um, true. It makes you think maybe yeah. we should try to be less distracted more often. Not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't just stare at our phones Ugh. all day, every day. Could help. Oh, I got to just put mine in the other room a lot of times. And I, I turned off my text message notifications a long time ago because it's one of those things where you get caught in a group text and you're like, you don't feel like Oof. you're doing anything bad because yeah. you're not like staring your life away at social media. But then no. you realize like those group texts end up taking a big chunk of your time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to find a balance because it's nice to stay... Uh, in touch with your friends and that sort of thing. But yeah, you don't want to be glued to it. I usually pop back in and I'm like, there you go. And yeah, I have exactly. like a million things to say. Jump- yeah. It's all about just putting some like hearts and some exclamation <laughs> points on various comments. There you go. And let the people know that you're around. You're still reading. I'm here. But you can't, you can't read it all. It's like a novel. Oh, that's good. Um, so this, this is going to be a, 
obviously an ongoing thing. I mean, you're going to honor your brother's legacy for the rest of yeah. your life. Will Absolutely. it be like an every May thing that you'll do some sort of event? Yeah, I think that um, we've talked a lot. So, so just a little background. My parents had a road race that they ran in my hometown of Seekonk, Massachusetts, which is a little town right outside of uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And so for years they ran a, they had a road race, a Seekonk road race there. And it was like a five mile road race. And a lot of it was for, cause my sister has diabetes and she was like a little, a little tyke back then. And so it was kind of this like diabetes research fundraiser. It was a nice, a nice thing. So we were thinking about bringing that back um, in the next few years and kind of maybe having that be a mental health awareness sort of event. And I think it could be pretty fun and it's kind of like fun springtime road race, get, get people fired up, but I would probably do that when I'm uh, done with the whole professional running thing. Cause it's, it's tough. It's a tough to do. It's a big undertaking. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So how much money did you guys raise last year? I remember the fundraiser going around and I listened to you on Lauren's podcast. Yeah, I think it was somewhere around uh, somewhere around fifty thousand dollars, something like that, a little north of fifty thousand dollars when it was all said and done. So, did you dream it to be that big, or like, because you kind of, I heard you say at one point that like you were like, okay, I'm gonna do this with my family and friends, but then it kind of blew up everywhere, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it was totally like I, I initially had, I think, <laughs> I think when I first like made the fundraiser because I was thinking, Oh, it might just be a thing that I put like on Facebook and on my Instagram yeah. and that, and that and the people who follow me and just my friends and family just like, you know, donate a little money. And it's like a fun thing. So I think I put like my initial fundraiser goal was like $2,500 mm. or something like that. Or maybe it was even like a thousand dollars. I think I made it in like 30 seconds or something. <laughs> it was something crazy or not 30, but it was like, it was 10 minutes and I had, I had blown past it and I was like, oops. So then I just made it like $10,000 and then a few days went by and like, boom, went right past that. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I just can't, then eventually I think I just said it for, I think I stopped like changing it. Cause it just kept on, kept on steamrolling. And I was like, I don't know what to, what to do. So it was, uh, it was pretty wild. It was fun. That's so awesome. Well, and I love, I love when you kind of said that your, your brother like loved running, but also he had a silly side to him and like, he would have liked the blue yeah. jeans aspect of this, yeah. like the fun part of it. Yeah, I would say loved running is a strong would be a strong word about how <laughs> how he felt about running. But he he I I always say that he loved that his family loved running. Okay. And so he and I think that he 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 ran and enjoyed it and would go for runs and was on the cross country team and had a lot of fun with it. But he was had a great sense of humor and he was definitely more of a a, a funny guy than he was like some sort of serious exercise guy or a runner or anything like that. He was way more of a conversationalist and way more of like a a people person and uh, a thinker. And so he uh, he was I, I you know just that spirit of it being a sort of a funny like gimmicky sort of thing. I, we we think would have made him enjoy laugh or yeah think it was funny. You have to add like a like a funny piece to to each yearly event like what's the funny part about this yeah absolutely i mean <laughs> yeah maybe maybe if i did that road race we'll have an element of uh of humor involved in that somehow maybe have people wear jeans or something like that okay i have to ask you with the jean thing because then all, all these people started doing their blue jean miles and i was going to and then i just like got lazy and didn't want to run a mile that's fast. fine yeah yeah but 
Lauren wore jean shorts and my husband and I had a conversation and we were like, that doesn't count. You need to have the full pants on. Can you please like give us the information here? Oh, what the, what the official, what the official ruling is. I I mean, mean, there's obviously like, (laughs) there's not actually any rules. It's just all made up. But uh, I would say that I think that blue jeans means uh, the blue jeans in the sen- in the technical sense, which is a I pair thought. of 100 percent cotton pants. <laughs> so anything else would just be kind of like something that is like a cut off blue jean or yeah. a synthetic blue jean. You know, if it's if it has to have a word before blue jean or before jeans, then that's no good. It's okay. just jeans. So Lauren, it's like if someone told you to point at a pair of jeans, what would they point? Yeah. You know, what did Lauren do? Are you Lauren wore je- she. Well, I call them jorts, jean shorts. Okay, they're called jorts. Well, that's I mean, again, in the spirit of like, if you're just trying, to, if just being kind and, and getting in on a fun totally, you can wear anything. Right, right, right. But, for uh, sure. If you're, I would say in the in the spirit of like, if you're trying to like, you know, have a standard official mile time with you your gotta jeans, wear the jeans. You got to do the real thing. Full yes. on jeans. You got to go all the you way to the it. bottom. Absolutely. We, I mean, we were just playing around with it, but. We were just yeah, like, no. if technically speaking, you got to have the full, full thing on for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's wrap up here with some end of the podcast questions. Good luck oh, cool. this weekend. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Really excited to see what you yeah. do. And yeah, I think it's gonna be on NBC Sports or one of those. Yeah, I am. You know what I do? I have one of my group text messages with my running girl. Nice. They'll Great. like start texting about meets like when it's already happening i'm like oh shoot where do i download the app what do i do yeah yeah and i always they, get oh, on like the like, back end someone just ran that fast and you're like what where where's it happening yeah. and i'm the one that should know because i host a running podcast yeah. but yeah <laughs> um well you said that you guys watch a good amount of tv what shows are you into right now Oh, so yeah, my wife and I have been on a really good Seinfeld kick lately. I love Seinfeld. So yeah, just like I think uh, we never really watched it through, and we always under we always knew like a lot of the references and a lot of that sort of thing. But we've been in the midst of like a full watch through for the past like year because it takes a while to get. There's a lot of there's a lot of episodes, and it's not like we're like binge watching Seinfeld every day. So we kind of watch like an episode a night or every other night type thing. So that's kind of like our mainstay currently. I love it. Yeah, you're a little bit younger for Seinfeld. I mean, as Seinfeld yeah. was, I'm I'm about ten years older than you probably, and Seinfeld was on when I was growing up. But we are also obsessed. Like I've definitely seen every episode multiple yeah. times, and I yeah. recently started putting it on before bed as well, just as like a I just need to laugh a little bit, right? Yeah, and I see thing. It is. It is incredible. It's very consistent. It's very consistently funny. I have a good Seinfeld, Seinfeld question that I always ask people if they're into Seinfeld. Okay. Not necessarily on this podcast, just in life in general. Okay. You have to get rid of one of the main characters. Who do you get rid of and the show still goes on? Seinfeld, easily. <laughs> Agree. Okay. I think so that's, I think that's kind of the genius of it, though. He's kind of, he's like the, he plays like the straight man, as they say, the guy who you kind of like relate to as the audience. So you. I think that, I mean, I think he's great and he's obviously, he has to remain a writer because he's making this, him and Larry David are making this great thing happen, but you could have anyone in there just being the one who bounces the, because let the three of them do the the wondrous work they do. So you still have to have a good actor who can make that happen, but um, I don't even think Seinfeld's that good of an actor. He's not a good actor. 
No, no. He's not. Absolutely. He's not good. Um, I know because you absolutely cannot get rid of Elaine or George. No, no way. And or I, Kramer, I don't think. I mean, I feel like if I had to get rid of one of the three, even though he brings so much like flavor and yeah, yeah. funniness, I'd I'd get rid of Kramer. Yeah. Wow. Now you're just like. That's a real chopping block. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know. But then you think about like all the Kramer things that he does, it, like going yeah. to work and he doesn't even have the job and all the things. Yeah. Like, Can you really get rid of Kramer? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you really need all four of them, really. It's just, you know. So the answer is Seinfeld. Thing. I mean, the answer is definitely Newman, but he's not in the four. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, then did you watch Curb? I did, yeah. I watched a lot of that. It's a similar thing to where I was with Seinfeld, where it's like, I've seen a lot of it, but I don't, I, I don't have any sort of like, I never watched it all through or anything like that. So good. It's, it's funny. And I yeah, and Larry enough. David's awesome. I yeah. It's so, so uncomfortable. I can't get enough though. Um, okay, cool. So that wasn't into podcast questions, but I just wanted to ask, what is cool. something professionally or personally that you have not done yet that you want to do? Mm, probably make the Olympics. <laughs> That's a pretty easy, uh, obvious one. Um, yeah. And uh, make the Olympic team and have a nice house on in the water in Rhode Island. <laughs> so Rhode Island, you'd want to go back? A man of simple pleasures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a house on the water in Rhode Island, though, you don't want to be somewhere warmer. No, no. Being somewhere warm year round is is for the week. <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where you are. You live in Indianapolis, right? So you know how it is. Oh yeah, you earn that warm weather, and then when it comes around, it's so exciting. It's just great. I could go and then the somewhere. Cold weather just hardens you up. You know, makes you nice and tough. I don't want to live in like Florida weather, but I could go a little more mild than Indiana. Yeah. We're not. I mean, we're not as. I would say you guys have rougher winters than we do, but yeah. Um. I, I oh, with global warming and everything, it'll all be fine soon. <laughs> you'll be you'll be toasting year round. Oh, the perks of natural yeah. disaster. Yeah. Um, okay, what is the best most recent book you've read? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I'm a big historical fiction guy, so I've been reading a lot of uh, like Ken Follett novels, which are these just massive, you know, massive pillars historical of epic. Uh, novels but that's i would say in terms of that that uh genre i read becoming by michelle obama pretty recently and i enjoyed that it was pretty cool to get a little behind the scenes of the of her life and and being in the white house and all that and then uh she's a pretty amazing woman and then i also recently read zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance which is a cool like self like you know meditative self-help kind of like Vibe, vibe, read. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's a cool, uh, it's a cool book. Do you meditate? I do. Yeah. Like I in do, the mornings absolutely. and the evenings. Yeah, I try to in the morning, maybe five or six days a week type thing, and it's just a uh, yeah, nice way to kind of even yourself out a little bit and get kind of center yourself, be in the moment, and not again like we talked about the the goldfish kind of mentality of not getting too worked up about this that or the other so it's a nice way to just kind of like bring yourself right into the moment and then boom off you go in the day what do you use an app or are you on your own now yeah i'll use uh i'll use headspace mm-hmm. is currently what i've been using but i i it's kind of a mixture i'll use that if i'm feeling like super scatterbrained and busy and 
need to quickly do it. But if I have like a lot of time, it's like a nice quiet morning. I can just kind of take a few minutes to myself without any sort of app or anything like that. So, you know, we were talking about distractions earlier and like, okay, maybe the shower and the runs. We think of creative things because we're not distracted. Do you think meditating helps you get into a creative zone? Yeah, I think it, I think it helps with a lot of things. I think it helps you just like unlock a lot more of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. Cause you're just separated from so many of those things that kind of drag you in silly directions for no reason, whether it's, you know, worries about work or worries about your fitness or that sort of thing, or any sort of uh, outside distractions or social situations that you're kind of in. It, it just kind of like drops the lets you just kind of like let all those die down a little bit realize that they're mostly insignificant and then uh that gives you just a lot of clarity and you can just kind of see what's important and go right to it i mean it's one of those things that like i wish i would just apply it in the moment like two weeks ago i was sitting at the doctor's office like anxious about this test result and i'm like instead of like doing that i'm like sitting on my phone like looking at five different things like trying to distract myself that way yeah whereas like i probably should have just done that and that would have like calmed my brain but instead i'm like what's going on on instagram yeah sometimes we try to escape uh escape a little bit when sometimes the best thing is just to face whatever's going on head on that's it that's it that's the escape thing oh man i am I am so. I have another podcast about parenting because I have a bunch of kids. Wow. Yeah. And I'm podcasting. You have a lot of podcasts. All the podcasting. Um, it's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a great name for a podcast. Yeah. For a well, parenting podcast. Yeah. I have four little boys and it's a. a wow. A, four little boys. Four little boys. That's so cool. It's very loud. Um, Marshall, Lewis, Russell, and Sandy. Nice. Good names. Thanks. Powerful names. I think Russell's probably the most powerful. Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to name a kid if you ever do it. Yeah, no, I, I can I can imagine that it's a it's it's a lot of pressure. Like they gotta keep that name forever. They gotta unless keep they want to change it. Um but anyway, it's it's very loud in my house. So that's why that yeah. podcast is named that. But my point is that I the reason I started that podcast is because I have so you know I have so many questions as a parent myself but that's just it we are mm-hmm. raising a culture of kids who have devices that mm-hmm. they can just pick up and distract yeah. themselves as a band-aid anytime they're tired or hurt or sick or sad yeah. about something it's like that technology is their band-aid and I'm like trying so hard to yeah. not have that be the way of life for my kids but man it's hard to do that in 2021 yeah. it's uh, everyone's glued to it rambled on that okay so if you could have coffee tea or cocktail with someone fun motivating or inspiring who would it be wow fun motivating or inspiring um i would say on the fun side of things here's a good here's a good one that's like actually kind of realistic in my opinion it's a fellow podcaster of yours is uh malcolm gladwell Mm. i know he's a runner Mm -hmm. and i know he and i i think he knows who i am and so I would love to, and I think he's in like the New York area, or I know he's in the New York area, and I would love to, uh, uh, because he's actually a friend of David Epstein, who who I do know, who went to Columbia, actually, he's another great writer, and so, um, I would say, yeah, if I could, if I could hang out with those guys and get coffee with them, and maybe just make it a regular thing and just become friends with them, that'd be that'd be great. You should hit they them seem, up. They're very intelligent, and and seem like it'd be a lot of fun to talk to them, and and uh, yeah. Absolutely. I should hit them up. You're right. 
Just do it. So maybe this maybe this will be the the impetus for that. Yolo. Yeah, okay. Yolo. Cool. Yeah, Yolo is true. Have you read Talking Is it Talking with Strangers? I have not. Okay, I have so I you read bad, read his book first. A bad guess. What's that? Read his book first. Okay. Isn't that fair. his most recent book, Talking to Strangers? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I've read I've read some of the older stuff and I've read, you know, and I've listened to Revisionist History. Uh-huh. I really like that. So, um yeah, okay, that's a good idea. I'll go in fresh with like a fresh uh I'll take some notes. And then become <laughs> best friends with him and be like, you should go on that running podcast I was recently on. Yeah, there you go. Podcast. That's that's what I'll do. Perfect. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so last question I always wrap up with is, yes. what is your last message you would like to leave with our audience today? I would say it's the same message that my wife writes on notes to me and is written on the fridge and she says to me all the time, which is to be kind to yourself. Mm. And that's the, and I think that's the important thing in this day and age as we hurdle towards our goals and try to be the best version of ourselves and try to change the world uh, and be, you know, best person ever. It's important to give yourself a little grace and uh, some self kindness. You can't give it away if you don't give it to yourself. That's a great, there you go. Absolutely. You know, I always say to my kids, be kind and caring when they go to school. But I think I need to add that in too, because that's an important piece of yeah. the puzzle. Exactly. They need you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Amy, dropping the knowledge. Oh, yes. Where would we be without her? Well, thank you so <laughs> much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here today. Thanks, Johnny, for coming on the show. Again, you guys can find him on Instagram, johnny.gregoric over there. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. Don't forget to check out my kind of newish parenting podcast. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? My most recent guest was Jenny Urich, and she is the founder of 1000 Hours Outside. And in that episode, we talk about the importance of outside time and how free play helps our kids cognitively, physically, socially, and emotionally. Go check it out and be inspired to get outside more with your family. All right. Thanks for being here. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.